Welcome to EG's Voice of the Region podcast. I'm Jim Larkin. I'm a regional researcher with EG. And once again, I'll be talking to a regional agent commanding attention thanks to their performance in the radius on demand rankings. We figure if anyone could tell us exactly what the local market is like, it's them. This time, we're going to be talking about the Sussexes, by which I don't mean Harry and Meghan, but West and East Sussex, both counties in which the radius rankings are comfortably topped by Flood property consultants. So I'm pleased to be joined today uh, by two people from Flood. Firstly, there is a uh, Director and Head of Brighton Agency, Andrew Harfakry. Hello. Hello. Um, and also by uh, Director and Head of Retail and Leisure, Will Thomas. Hello, Will. Hello. Excellent. Okay. Now, um, Andrew, you've been with Fluid since 1997, I believe. Um, can you give us a potted history of the company and talk through the sectors and geographic areas you operate across? Uh, yes, with pleasure. Um, so yeah, the firm started in 1996. It was started by Ed Flood. Um, Ed and I had previously worked together as a, uh, another firm, uh, and a few months after Ed set the business up, I decided to join him. Um, we were and still are very much a traditional general practice firm of charter surveyors. Um, we um, we've always provided agency, professional, and property management services. Uh, we've added to this uh, with a rating service, um, which we started three years ago. Uh, we do a lot more consultancy work um, now than we did when we first started, um, principally for the public sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, it's, within those fields, we've we've expanded you know, more and more agency work, professional work, property management work. Um, in 2010, we opened a, an office in Chester. Uh, headed by Mark Minchell, and um, uh, he'd been in the Chichester market for some years um, before going to London and coming back down to uh, open that office with us. Uh, and then in 2018, we merged with Garner Wood, who are a portal-based practice, um, and uh, have grown our office there. So we now have three offices and uh, a team of currently 35 people. Um, and we hope to add more services and people soon. Okay, so you're operating kind of from Hampshire in the west to East Sussex in the east. Yeah, very much so. So that coastal strip from um, mm-hmm. West Hampshire to East, um, yeah, East Sussex is our uh, our day to day market. Great stuff. Okay. Um, Now, we're talking today um, because in both West and East Sussex, you've done significantly more deals and transacted more space than anyone else at Radius. Um, What's been your secret to maintaining high activity levels in conditions that have been pretty challenging, to say the least? Um, Yes. Yeah. Very difficult year the past year or 18 months or so. Um, We're, I mean, we're a very hard working practice. Um, We are focused in what we do. Um, We are in regular contact with uh, landlords and occupiers, um, and uh, we, we work hard to identify who owns what, who occupies what, um, who wants to occupy uh, what sort of property, and, and try and get ourselves a, a position. Um, and and we're, you know, we're, we're we're strong in our marketing, uh, both of the firm generally and of the properties that we deal with. Um, and 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 off the back of that, obviously, you keep a um, a, a strong knowledge of what's going on in the market and that's what gives us our um, edge I suppose in terms of um, advising clients and um, 
uh, and doing deals. Sure. Okay. Um, from a property perspective, are West and East Sussex distinctly different markets, or or not? Um, yes, I'd say that. I mean, the the West Sussex market is um, far more significant. Mm-hmm. Um, the we've got the M23 coming down from London to Brighton, the A27, obviously from Brighton across to um, Chichester and Portsmouth. Um, it also goes to the east as well, across to Eastbourne and Hampshire. But at Lewis, it goes from a dual carriageway down to um, a single carriageway. And really, at that point onwards, the market is um, uh, less significant. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's really infrastructure, transport infrastructure. The road network isn't as good. The rail network isn't as good. So they are very different markets. Within West Sussex, we've got um, Crawley, which is uh, the um, uh, the uh, you know, probably the main um, travel hub for the county. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom, we've got Brighton, Brighton and Hove, which, um, well, it's not, it's neither in East or West Sussex now, it's um, uh, its own entity. Um, but it's it's the, really the Eastern end of the corridor where we see all the activity on the South Coast. So from, um, from Brighton across to uh, Portsmouth, Southampton, um, mm-hmm. but within Sussex to Chichester, and that's a very active corridor. Sure. Okay. Um, next one. This might be one for you, Will. I don't know. Um, you've done 78 deals in just within Sussex, um, but the largest single use type amongst these, I think 31 of them um, here, have been in the retail and leisure sector, which is quite unusual because most regional agents I speak to, for them, it's industrial that's kind of where all the business is. Um, what's behind this? <clears throat> um, I think there's a lot of independent operators um, mm-hmm. locally who seem to you know seem to still be very active notably it's um, a lot of the sort of the high profile high street retailers that have been making headlines of you know going into cbas and etc um but brighton's got so many independent businesses that it makes a massive difference and um and i think that's one of the main reasons i think we're very fortunate it's um sort of you know there's a lot of it's quite a wealthy city and it's a busy city it's got tourism um you know and it's a combination of these factors that have really led to the volume of deals um you know despite covid and you know you know it's it just continued to be busy don't so this you know there has been you know there is vacancies across the city and so there's no to get some of the bigger more expensive spaces that have difficulties rather than you know the high volume of them that you know so many smaller independent uh, so, you know, smaller premises that it's um it's over, you know they're known to be transacting really quickly Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to come up to that. I mean, Brighton is a, it's a bit of a mecca for shopping vans, isn't it? Especially the independent shops in and around the lanes. Um, do these businesses yeah. kind of in the main seem like they've survived the pandemic? And what's the general mood like around town? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they generally think they have. I mean, as of yet, it's been, I mean, you know, if you walk around, um, the, the, you know, you're just walking around today, it's absolutely mobbed out there. Um, right. You know, the the shops seem very busy. Um, but, you know, most of the operators, many operators I know of who are local who, you know, have disappeared. And there's obviously one or two. But, you know, as, I, as going back to as I said before, it's it's mainly, you know, up in the, in the sort of, you know, the, the big chains, you know, the top shops and, the, mm. you know, and, and that lot that seem to be disappearing from the high street. And, um, you know, those spaces, you know, prove, seem to be proving the harder ones to fill. Mm. Um, the North Lanes, you know, I think benefit of Brighton is people come to Brighton to go shopping. Mm. Um, where they come down with that that in their mind that they're going to do that, and I think they come to Brighton to go shopping because 
I don't think it is like every other high street. It's you know there is so many independents. You can always find something quirky, and you know, and that appeals, and that's why they succeeded. Yeah. Do you find that that's perhaps a, a model for a, a kind of how successful high streets of the future might look? You know, following the demise uh, of a lot of the, the larger retail chains. Some of some of the articles that I've seen have suggested that. Um, and I mean, yeah, without sort of actively working in other sort of towns and cities, you know, as much as we do in Brighton, it's hard to tell, but mm. it makes sense that it does. I mean, you could go to any, high, you know, any city or high street, you know, around the country and they're pretty much all the same shops selling the same mm. thing. So you can see why retail struggled or has struggled. Um, and, you know, and it is that, that sort of the quirky shop selling something a bit different that makes you not going to, you know, you're not going to buy, you're not going to buy a Amazon, are you? So, um, mm. um Yes, I think that's the success of it. But it's, yeah, and it's proximity to London certainly helps. Mm, Sure. Okay. Um, Now, we're talking on July the 19th, um, a.k.a. Freedom Day. Um, How optimistic are you about activity levels across the board, but I guess especially in in office and retail kind of returning to normal? Um, From Um, from my perspective, it's it's good. It's going to be busy. Um, As I said, it's it's very busy today. There's a middle of a heat wave out there. I th- you know, a lot of the shops have been open anyway. Um, the restaurants and bars are certainly going to benefit if they can stay open and don't get pinged. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be a good thing. It can't be a negative, really. Mm. Sure, Andrew, do you, kind of, are you, do, do you have any thoughts on the office side of things? Yeah, so uh, we're, I mean, we're very optimistic. Brighton is a strong regional office centre. Um, it's really strengthened over the last sort of 10 years. Um, COVID at the beginning of, well, in March of last year did bring the market to a stop. There was activity during 2020, but but way down on where it had been. Um, but coming into 2021, we've seen activity levels increase significantly in terms of inquiries. Um, we've got a specialist um, office agency team uh, and they are very, very busy. So viewings, negotiations, um, etc. We're we're um, hopefully a few weeks off uh, concluding a number of trans- letting transactions, which assume they all go through. Um, will I think demonstrate that the office market is um, is very much back. Um, so certainly, at the moment, occupiers are, are out there talking, wanting to do things, or saying they want to do things. Uh, and if we transact over the next few weeks, as I say, then that will be proof that they are very much back back to back to normal. And I think the future for the Brighton office market looks um, looks very strong. Excellent. OK, so you don't feel like we're headed for the traditional quiet August slowdown? <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, it's inevitable. It always slows down a bit over the summer holiday, but um, there's always uh, there's always plenty to do. So um, mm. we uh, we're, we're keep ourselves busy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, now, Flude, um, you guys have been back working in the office for the last few weeks. Um, what difference has that made on a practical level? Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly from from the point of view of our business, working in the office, a team environment where you're able to talk to colleagues, bounce ideas off each other, share information, um, have conversations which are impromptu, which you wouldn't have if you're not in the office. That's all very important to our business and uh, it makes a big difference and um, it certainly makes us more effective. Mm, sure. OK. Um, are there any aspects of the uh, I guess the working practices that we were all kind of forced to adopt under lockdown um, that you think might continue now we're more or less free to, to, to go back? Um, I'm thinking, you know, do you think Teams meetings are here to stay um, and do you think working from home might be more common than it was? 
Yeah, I think both those things. Uh, I mean, different businesses are going to come back in different ways. I know a number of businesses haven't come back at all yet to the office and don't plan to until um, later on this year. Uh, I think there will be a lot more homeworking, um, a combination of homeworking and coming into the office, but but um, more um, variety, I suppose, to, to how people work. And Teams meetings, I think, I mean, like we are now, it's um, they're very useful. If you can say the journey to London or wherever it may be by having a Teams meeting and that's as effective, then um, then why not? Um, I think everything has it has its place. Um, and I think what we'll see is a, a more diverse way of working going forward. But I, I certainly see that the office will be, you know, the traditional office will still form a big part of the way a lot of businesses operate, not all of them, but I think a significant number will continue to have some sort of office presence. Sure. OK. Um, do you find um, the kind of the fact that everyone was using Teams, it meant that you were speaking perhaps to people that you weren't normally speaking to? I mean, I'm thinking, for example, of, you know, say international investors for whom, you know, they, traditionally they'd have been put off from, from, you know, talking because of the huge travel distances involved, whereas Teams has kind of made geography irrelevant a little bit. Yes, uh, certainly. Um, we've spoken to people that we haven't met before. Um, I mean, we don't have a huge amount ourselves of international clients. Um, we have some, uh, but the majority are, are domestic, uh, either within our regional, uh, um, often London-based. Um, but e even London-based clients, once you've factored in a, a, a train journey, to one and place and back um, and time traveling around wherever you're, you're going to, you're, you're looking at four or five hours. So if you can cut that down to an hour's mm -hmm. team's call, um, then it's obviously more um, efficient. And, and we are meeting people through through that who um, wouldn't have come to Brighton or via, we wouldn't have gone to London necessarily to meet them, but, but that we mm -hmm. are now our team. So yes, I mean, it's been, it's been very good in that respect. Excellent. OK, um, I imagine there's quite a lot of people um, who live in Sussex who kind of were commuting to London um, uh, and now aren't. Um, so, and I guess that they're kind of shopping, socialising when, when allowed and generally kind of spending money nearer to where they live. Um, have you seen evidence of that kind of translating into new businesses setting up kind of around where people actually live rather than, you know, where they go to work in London? Um, um, yeah, I mean. Sorry, well, you no, go sorry. First. I was going to say, some of the, I mean, we were dealing with a few bits of some of the sort of the outlying villages. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they've, again, they've never really been difficult to get units away in those locations. But, um, you know, speaking to a few operators and some of the interested parties that have been looking at some of these things have said, they, you know, they're particularly keen to secure sites now because they've seen a big uptick in the number of people staying mm. local walking around i mean obviously they're going to be you know there is more people stuck at home so they are going to take the opportunity to go local um but um i think it's yeah i mean it, we are a big commuter belt area and um even people just working from home two days a week will make a big difference so it's, it's going to make you know, it's going to be noted Sure. OK. Um, do you think we might start to see the emergence of, say, you know, companies with big London offices setting up satellite offices in places like Brighton? I mean, for the employers, it's, you know, lower rents, I guess. Um, and for employees, it's a much shorter commute. Uh, yes. I mean, we're, we're seeing evidence of that already. A number of the office inquiries that we're dealing with are from mm. uh, London based or out of London based uh, businesses that are looking to have a satellite office. Um, we one of the deals that we concluded 
um, earlier on this year was to a service office operator called RAP. Mm-hmm. And they've opened a, um, or they are in the process of opening a, um, a service office centre, a high-end co-working centre next to Brighton Station. Um, and we've seen a big growth in the uh, service office co-working um, office provider market. Um, and I think that will, that, that it slowed last year, but I think that will pick up again mm-hmm. where it has picked up and will continue to grow this year sure. to service that, that helps service that market. So, yes, very much so. Excellent. Okay. Um, Sussex is also home to Gatwick Airport, which is obviously a, a huge international hub with a lot of business based around it. Um, have you seen much in a way of kind of a downturn in transactions in those areas around it as a result of planes being grounded, you know, pretty much since last March? Um, well, in Brighton, so, so our Brighton office principally services a sort of 15 mile radius of the mm. city. Uh, we haven't really seen much change in demand caused by what's gone on at Gatwick. And we've seen mm-hmm. seen a significant demand, as I say, last year, in particular the office market, slowed right down, but that wasn't really Gatwick related. Um, I know from talking to colleagues um, in and around the um, Crawley area that, um, yes, there's been a significant um, reduction in demand um, for um, office premises in particular around Crawley during last year. But I think, again, um, coming into 2021, that's um, starting to improve. But I expect it will be a slower improvement than what we've seen down at Brighton because it is far more um, airport related. Mm. So, yes, I expect it will be a bit slower. OK. Um Okay, on the subject of transport, um, you've kind of got Hampshire to the west and Kent to the east, and they've both got pretty major commercial ports, which Sussex doesn't really have. Does that make it harder to attract industrial occupiers? Um, not really, no. We, we, we have shore and ports, which is a, um, it's not as big as uh, Southampton or um, uh, places like um, Ferguson, I guess, and Felixstowe and so on. But mm. um it's it's a sizable port and and it's I think full from what I understand in terms of right. its sort of port activity. We've also got New Haven, um, which is um, a uh, smallish port, but again we've seen a big increase in activity uh, in um, in New Haven and around the ports specifically um, over the last three four years. Um, so we do we do have our ports. They're not they're not as big as um, other ports as you say. Um, but but the industrial market in our area is is strong, um, mm-hmm. and um, it, we don't seem to suffer um, due to lack of port um, facilities. It may be a different demand. I expect it is a different demand to what we see in um, around the Southampton area. But it's um, it's still a it's still a good market. Sure. Okay. What types of industrial occupy, occupiers rather are you, are you seeing this year? Got them in the main. <clears throat> In the main, it's storage and distribution. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's been strong growth area for um, some years now um, and has, uh, if anything, got more significant um, since uh, the onset of COVID. And I think that's probably, we've we've got what I call the traditional B1, B8 market, which is um, um, people, some occupiers who do still manufacture, there are still some out there. Um, and traditional storage and distribution uses. Um, but then we've got a massive growth in online retail and retailers who um, 
historically would have occupied a high street shop or shopping centre shop um, who are moving increasingly away from that into um, warehouses, um, selling online and um, storing and distributing their products from from warehouse. So that that's um, a significant growth area. Uh, in addition to um, the, the trade counter market, which in our area has been strong now for uh, uh, for pro probably a 20 year period or so. Um, so that's really where the main industrial warehouse is right now. Sure. Okay. Um, in terms of the logistics market, is there kind of enough stock available or is it kind of going as quick as you can build it? Oh, well, yeah, in an answer, in a, in a word, no, um, there isn't. It's um, Brighton is incredibly difficult. It's a, it's a physically um, constrained city. Mm. Um, it has so many pressures on it. Um, we have a very small stock of existing industrial and warehouse property um, and almost no ability to increase and add to it. So in Brighton, it's very, very tight. So you look at a place like Mid-Sussex, um, going north up to Crawley, um, and then east and west, we've got um, New Haven, Lewis to the east, a place like Worthingshore and Lansing to the west. Um, East-west, the problem's still the same, that the sort of constriction of um, land uh, with the sea to the south and national parts to the north. Going north, it's a bit better, but I think what we've seen over the last, um, probably 20 plus years as a lack of attention um, to allocating land for industrial and warehouse development. Um, so so the, so we don't have, there isn't enough land and, and, and the, the time frame to get from being allocated to consented to developed um, can take many years. And um, we're, we're now suffering because not enough of, the, of that has been done for the last sort of 20 years or so. So it's a big problem in our area at the moment. Sure. OK. Um, on that note, or possibly on that note, um, Brighton, it's kind of unique um, in that it's got the country's only green MP. And I think the Greens are also kind of in power in the local council. Um, does that kind of have any impact on the property sector? I mean, is it harder or easier to develop sites? Um, I don't think... I don't think it does particularly. Um, every, um, whether it's Greens, Conservative or Labour, they have their own mm. policies on um, and the developers mm. will generally respond to that um, and um, adapt their schemes to to, to meet those um, requirements. Um, and as long as the demand is such that the you know, new development is financially viable, um, then um, it continues and Brighton's a location where development has been viable for generally viable for for some years now land val um, uh, end values are uh, are generally strong and um, they make development financially viable in the main so um, development continues that the shape of schemes um, can vary you, you, you might have a conservative administration and find that they want parking um, so uh, during their periods you get you get developments of parking a green administration will often not want parking and mm. uh, so they, they don't have parking so um, uh, they vary depending on the um, uh, on the on who's in power but but in terms of how it affects um, development in the in this city I don't think it has a significant effect well I don't live in Brighton Hove Will does so he might have a, um, a view on that as well um, yeah, no, I, I mean, 
when it changes between green and different, I don't think, you know, from, from a living point of view, it doesn't seem to make a great deal of difference. Um, it's, it's not, you know, always my biggest gripe is, that, you know, there's a green party that still can't sort out recycling. Um, it's, um, but yeah, I mean, it's every council's got its own problems, but I, I don't think it makes a, a vast amount of difference. Um, I think people would think it would be very, you know, very different under green and it, 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 it doesn't seem to be. Okay. Um, each of you, I mean, I guess if you were in charge, um, what's kind of the one thing you would do that would improve the property sector across the county or counties? Well, I think planning is and always mm. has been one of our biggest problems in our area. The, um, the process, the speed of it, um, or the lack of speed, um, mm. the lack of resources um, that the planning departments seem to have. Um, so, I think that's an area that really does need attention. We, we've seen um, various things happen to try and improve that um, area, but I'd say it's as bad now as it ever has been. And I, I think the councils have a lack of resources. Um, that's one of the problems um, they could do with more resources. Um, and then the process um, of the planning process itself is, um, is too long-winded. Um, and too open to um, being delayed by whatever it might be. There's always something that somebody can find to delay making a decision. Um, and and then uh, it has on this front, it has actually got a bit better and brighter in the last sort of three four years. Because they've been under so much pressure to provide more housing. But but prior to that, there was very much a, a sort of default position of um, how do we say no to this application? Um, that that has improved, as I say. Um, so there's more more consent being given um but i'd say planning is the is the area where we um we we face the um we find we have the most frustrations mm. okay will what would your thoughts on that be from a retail perspective um i think well i think the recent changes have, have, have helped um but yeah i repeat planning seems to be the thing the council are very slow um you know in terms of you know, operators wanting to make changes to, you know, be in flux. People want to put extraction into units and things like that. It does take forever, um, and that does put deals off because, you know, firstly, a landlord might want, not want to sit and wait for that. And um, you know, whilst you know, could be, you know, you think we could get other interests, so yeah, it frustrates that side of things. But from a retail point of view, I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. From a leisure point of view, it's um, you know, going back going to hotels, which do quite a bit of. Um, they, they, you know, I think they do need to free up a bit of the hotel stock. There's some very, very tired stuff out there, which they seem to be you know, hanging on to, saying we're a, um, you know, leisure destination. And to be fair, you know, having seen some of these hotels, it's quite shameful and embarrassing that that's what's on offer in the city. Um, and, you know, they need to free up, um, you know, let some of those beds go and allow some more more hotel development, so some better stock comes in. But um, that would be my my sort of main gripes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, now we need to talk quickly about Brighton and Hove Albion because it's been a remarkable few years for you. I mean, like ten years ago, they were what in the third tier, playing in a athletics ground basically, uh, and now you're kind of solidly established in the Premier League. Um, has that kind of done much to raise the profile of the city and perhaps also to make it more attractive to occupiers and investors? Um, it, yes, I mean undoubtedly. Um... We had a chat about this before the the meeting. Um, I think it's difficult to correlate 
their rise specifically with um, the general um, popularity and improvement um, in Brighton and Hove as a place to live, work, invest, etc. Um, but very, very much so the, the success of the club would have um, brought profile to the city, um, and that will undoubtedly have had positive knock-on effects to the city. Sure. Okay. Um, and just finally, um, on the subject of Radius itself, uh, you guys were quite early to sign up and you're obviously not struggling to add deals. Um, how have you managed to incorporate it into your workflow and what are the benefits that you see? Um, well, it, it, it forms, as you say, part of our work workflow. Um, we, we have um, a process for all, um, all the instructions we take on agency and professional and at the end of an instruction um, where a, um, a deal has taken place. Um, we will uh, automatically upload that to, um, mm -hmm. to um, in terms of how it um, benefits us. I mean, obviously, uh, our information goes on there, but other agents' information goes on there as well. So we can see what's going on um, with other agents, um, see what trends, um, uh, well, I suppose, verify um, or not the trends that we think are happening um, mm. and check our happening with other agents as well and what, what what's going on in individual markets so um, it's very useful from that point of view excellent okay well, on that positive note we'll bring things to a close so thank you both of you very much for your time really appreciate that okay. that's great thank you very much cheers